So we are three weeks into a series titled Blessed. We're looking at the Beatitudes found in Matthew chapter 5. The Beatitudes are attitudes and actions that God blesses. Do you want the blessing of God poured out in your life? Well, Jesus tells us uh, how, how that can happen. Let's go ahead and just uh, read the Beatitudes uh, to start with. And we're taking one Beatitude per week. So we're three weeks into an eight-week series. We're going a little deeper. Matthew chapter 5, verse 1. Seeing the crowds, he went up on the mountain... And when he sat down, his disciples came to him. And he opened his mouth and taught them, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be satisfied. Blessed are the merciful, For they shall receive mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when others revile you and persecute you and utter all kinds of evil against you falsely on my account. Rejoice and be glad. For your reward is great in heaven. For so they persecuted the prophets who were before you. The Beatitudes are the core values of Christ's kingdom. And what I've been asking myself as I've been studying for this series is this. Mike, are these your core values? I mean, if you had asked me before I started working on this series... Okay, sit down and write, write out your eight core values, the attitudes that you want to define you, even if they're aspirational values. They're not, maybe they're not yet, you know, living, lived out, but what are your aspirational? Would I have come up with, I want to be poor in spirit. I want to mourn. Uh, I want to be meek. I want to be merciful. I want to hunger and thirst after righteousness. I want to be pure in spirit. I I want to be a peacemaker. I want to be persecuted for Jesus' sake. Are these my core values? Well, the blessings promised are ridiculously huge. And so I have been convicted and motivated, and I can say I want these to be my core values. These are aspirational values for me. Uh, but But I want... I want these eight attitudes and actions to define my life. And I hope you do too as well. And, and one place to start is to understand what they are. And I have to say, uh, this, preparing for this series has been a lot harder than I thought it would. Because when I got into it, I thought, I don't even know what poor in spirit really means. When Jesus says, blessed are those who mourn, what does he really mean? And then today... Verse 5, blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are the meek. Who are the meek? What, who are the meek? Well, let's, let's answer that question first. 
Do you know the Bible said there, there are only two people in the Bible who are said to be meek? That's amazing. Moses and Jesus. In Acts chapter 7, we're told that Moses was the meekest person on the planet when he lived. And then the other meek person is Jesus, the Son of God. And so when you think about Moses and we think about Jesus, we can start ruling out some misconceptions of, about meekness. Well, if Moses and Jesus were meek, meekness can't be a lack of confidence. They were absolutely confident in their calling and in their God. Jesus knew he was the son of the living God. He did not lack confidence. So meekness can't be lack of confidence. Meekness can't be lack of backbone either. Moses went toe-to-toe with Pharaoh, the most powerful leader on earth at that time. And one time Pharaoh said, Moses, if I see your face again, I'm going to kill you. And Moses still wasn't daunted. Jesus went to the cross, eyes wide open, willingly. And if that's not backbone, (laughs) I don't know what is. Uh, Meekness also is not just a personality trait. It's not just something you're born right. Well, some people are just, you know, by nature, meeker than others. That's just their disposition. I'm not a meek person. Moses was not meek by nature. He grew up in... uh, a prince of Egypt, right? He was used to bossing people around. And we're told that as a young man, he sees an Egyptian uh, beating a Hebrew, a fellow Hebrew, and he goes over there and he just murders the guy, strikes him dead. That's not meekness. That's like the opposite of meekness. So Moses learned meekness. So don't say to yourself, ah, well, you know, I'm just not meek by disposition. No, it's not a personality trait. It's something we learn. Meekness is not weakness. It is power under authority. So the Greeks, they, they would go up into the hills and, and capture wild horses and then bring them back down to the, to the lowlands and try to tame them. And the, the ultimate goal was to, uh, to create war horses. Many of the horses, however, would, their spirit would get broken during the, uh, this process, and they, they were no longer uh, qualified to be war horses. In order to be a war horse, you had to retain your spirit. You had to be, continue to be strong and powerful, uh, but you had to learn to submit to your master. So I have here a, a picture of a, a Lipiganzer horse. Uh, look at the power of that horse. And that horse can jump way up in the air and kick and run 30 miles an hour and uh, go fearlessly into the sounds of battle. And yet, look how submissive that horse is to the master. And so the Greeks said that when a, when a horse was retained its spirit and yet would submit to the authority of the master, they called it meeked, the same word that we find uh, here in our scripture. And so Jesus, blessed are the meek. He's not saying blessed are the meek. He's saying blessed are are those who submit their strength to God. Blessed is the Christian who says, I'm not going to use my position. I'm not going to use my physical strength. I'm not going to use my money. I'm not going to use my influence in any way that God has not authorized. So, 
all words have a, a range of meaning, right? And so study this word meek in its original context, the Greek word praus. And, and here's the range of meaning it has. Gentle, humble, considerate, courteous. Blessed are the meek. Blessed are those who are gentle, humble, courteous, considerate. It has everything to do with how we relate to other people. We have a beautiful picture of meekness in our Lord Jesus. Matthew chapter 12. This is quoting from Isaiah about the Messiah. I'll start in verse 18. Behold my servant whom I have chosen, my beloved with whom my soul is well pleased. I will put my spirit upon him and he will proclaim justice to the Gentiles. Now listen to this. He will not quarrel or cry aloud, nor will anyone hear his voice in the streets. A bruised reed he will not break, and a smoldering wick he will not quench, until he brings justice to victory, and in his name the Gentiles will hope. Jesus, he's not going to be quarreling, he's not going to be crying aloud. And then think about the imagery, a bruised reed. A, a reed is just a, a stalk of grass, right? And a bruised one, you put a little, you think about a kind of a stalk of grass, you put a little nick in it, how, how easy is it to fold over? I mean, it has no structural integrity, just a tiny little pressure and boop, it collapses. A smoldering wick, right? It's a, a wick of a candle and it's, it's just barely flickering, a tiny, and it's going out. Jesus is so meek, he is so gentle, humble, considerate, courteous in the way he relates to people that he won't even break a bruised reed. He won't even snuff out or quench a smoldering wick. And that's the way God wants us to relate to other people. Are you meek? If you were to ask your kids, would they say, oh, yeah, 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 gentle, humble, considerate, courteous? That's a great description of my dad. You know, most all the time, that's, that's true. If you ask your employees, if you ask your boss, if you ask your spouse, is this how they would define you? Here's a memorable way to think about meekness. Meek people don't throw their weight around. Meek people don't climb over other people to get ahead. Meek people don't scream or use foul language to make a point. Meek people don't threaten punishment or promise pleasure to manipulate others. Meek, meek people don't talk over top of other people. Meek people don't kick others when they're down. Meek people turn the other cheek. They absorb insults. They absorb slights. They absorb slander. They absorb abuse and refuse to respond in kind. Meek people don't get defensive when challenged or corrected. Meek people grant others space to say their full piece. Meek people do engage in discussion and debate, but they speak the truth in love and refuse to become combative or argumentative. Now, a biblical understanding of meekness entails understanding what it looks like played out in human relationships, but, but just as important is why. Why am I gentle and humble and considerate and courteous? If it's because I have low self-esteem, that's not meekness the way Jesus is talking about. If it's because I fear people and what they might do to me, that's just timidity. That's not meekness. So meekness is a, a gentleness, 
humbleness, considerateness, courteousness, because I am completely entrusting my life to God, and I'm letting him fight my battles. I'm not needing to be assertive and dominant and, and fighting with you because I let God fight my battles. You're not my enemy. Even though you might be acting like it or you might think it, I don't need to respond in kind. Let me give you an example from Moses' life and an example from Jesus' life. Exodus chapter 14, verse 13. Pharaoh has second thoughts about letting the Jews escape the slavery. And he decides, I made a mistake. Let's go get those slaves back. And, and so he comes with his powerful army of chariots, and he's got uh, the, the, G, the Hebrews cornered uh, against the Red Sea, and he's coming to, you know, to dominate them. And the people, the Jewish people, are panicking. Verse 13, And Moses said to the people, Fear not, stand firm, and see the salvation of the Lord, for he, which he will work for you today. For the Egyptians whom you see today, you will never see again. The Lord will fight for you, and you have only to be silent. Moses, meekest man on, on the planet, right? Hey, let's just let God fight our battle. We can stand firm. We can be silent. Yes, they're, they're charging at us, but we've, we've entrusted ourselves to God, and so we can remain meek toward them. And of course, we know what happens, right? God opens the Red Sea, the, the Hebrews go across safely, and when Pharaoh and his army go in, God just closes the, the waves over top of their heads, and they drown. And then Jesus, in Matthew chapter 26, Jesus is in the Garden of Gethsemane, the temple guards have come to arrest him. Peter thinks he's going to fight. And so he chops the ear off one of the temple guards. And Jesus says, Matthew 26, 52. Then Jesus said to Peter, put your sword back into its place. For all who take the sword will perish by the sword. Do you think that I cannot appeal to my father? And he will at once send me more than 12 legions of angels. But how then should the scriptures be fulfilled? that it must be so. Jesus is not powerless. The temple guards are, are, are closing in. They're trying to arrest him. He knows what they're trying to do. They're, they're going to kill him. He could stop it. I could, call, I could ask God and he would, my father, and he would send 12 legions of angels and they would take these guys out. And in fact, they, could, they would take out every person on the planet who is opposed to me. But I'm not going to fight my own battle. I'm leaving that to God. The great obstacle to meekness is fear. Fear that, if, that I'm going to miss out if I don't assert myself. I like what John Stott says on this. One would think that meek people get nowhere because everyone tramples them or ignores them or runs roughshod over them. The world says it's the tough, the overbearing who succeed in the struggle for existence. Weaklings go to the wall. You know what? There's a lot of truth to this right now in our world as it is. You look around, who, who often gets ahead, at least in the ways that matter to the world? It's often the violent, uh, the people who are, who are not afraid to step on other people to climb the ladder, the ones who manipulate, who deceive, 
who threaten, who bully, right? They're often the ones who are in the nice corner office. They're often the ones who are living in the big houses and driving the nice cars. And the world takes notice. And so the world says, why would I want to be meek? Where are the meek people prospering? No, you got to assert yourself, man. No one, you got to look after yourself. No one else is looking after your interests. You got to insist on your rights. You got to be a little nasty sometimes to get what you deserve. Meekness? See, one of the things about the Beatitudes, these are not the values that, that the world is championing. These are counterculture values. See, these are the values of the kingdom of God, and the kingdom of God is countercultural. And we're not going to just stumble into these things, are we? We have to look at them, see their beauty, believe God's promise associated to them, and say, I choose to be meek, even though the world says, where's that going to get you? And here's where the promise comes in. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. There's the promise. What does that mean? You will inherit the earth. It means that when Jesus Christ returns, there will be a massive reversal of fortune. Everyone who has, because they have taken it by violence, is going to have to give it up. They'll divulge it. And God's going to redistribute it to whom? To the meek. To the one who has refused to throw her weight around. The one who has let God fight her battles. You're going to inherit the earth. Another picture of, here's Jesus. Matthew chapter 21, it's the triumphal entry. Jesus is riding into Jerusalem, not on a war horse, but on a donkey. He's fulfilling what was spoken of by the prophet Zechariah. Matthew 21, 5. Say to the daughter of Zion, behold, your king is coming to you, humble, that's the word meek, and mounted on a donkey and on a colt the foal of a beast of burden. Jesus is the King of kings and Lord of lords, and he was at that time. And he absolutely deserved to sit on the throne, and he deserved to be worshipped and served. And he had the power to take it at that time. If he wanted to, he could have. But he said, you know what? I'm not going to seize what's going to be given to me by the Father. I'm going to wait on the Lord to grant me the earth. And Jesus will return. And when he returns, there will be all, all things will submit to him. He will inherit the earth, and we will too, as joint heirs with Christ, as his followers. But the timing wasn't then. God, God wanted Jesus to go through the cross first. And so the promise is, you will inherit the earth. It's all going to be yours in God's perfect timing. But right now, you've got to be meek. So the final characteristic of the meek, they, they wait upon the Lord to grant them the earth. I don't need to step on other people to climb the corporate ladder because God's going to give me the best career for all eternity. I don't need to defend my reputation. Because God's going to give me a perfect reputation. 
for all eternity. I don't need to fret when my political party is not in control because God will give me a perfect society in which to thrive for all eternity. I don't need to take revenge on those who have hurt me or done me wrong, for God will give me justice for all eternity. I don't need to be argumentative and win this argument, because God's going to ensure that the truth is known for all eternity. I don't need to fight with my parents, my kids, my boss, my spouse. I don't need to fight to get my needs met or my desires satisfied because God's going to fully meet my needs and fully satisfy my desires for all eternity. So the meek are those who are completely trusting God and the promises of God with their lives. And they're absolutely sure that God is going to grant me everything that I need and everything I long for in his perfect timing. And so right now, you're not my enemy. You don't threaten me. The situation I'm in is not a risk to me. And so I can be meek. Inheritances are given. They're they're received. They're not grasped. They're not seized. You don't seize an inheritance. Somebody else gives it to you. And so here's the question I want to end with, and I I want us to be thinking about this week. Will I wait upon God to give me the earth, or will I try to seize it now through violence? And by violence, I mean yelling. Yeah, sometimes it's punching. Sometimes it's, you know, through murder. I'm talking about cursing, yelling, scheming, manipulating, deceiving. Anything we gain through violence is going to be given up when Christ returns. But anytime we've chosen to be meek, we will inherit the earth.